welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This week's sponsor is Thrasher Coffee. Check out the fresh coffee roasts at thrashercoffee.com and use the coupon code TOPBREW, all one word, to save 25% on your first order. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is our favorite coffee roaster, Mr. Eric Rauch. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Joe? I'm doing swell. We've been chewing the flab for a while this morning while I was having a cup of coffee here with you. We were trying something new and different that you brought in today. We were. Uh, this is a... Um, I actually kind of forgot about it. I had some some, some Guatemalan beans, probably about five pounds worth of beans sitting around um, mm. that are at least... In your safety deposit box at the Swiss bank. Yeah, if I would even... And you're like, oh yeah, I need to check in every now and then and see what I have in here. Yeah, it was a- it was actually just, just sitting in a corner of the room that I had, I had... I mean, I probably look at it every day and don't think anything about it. Like, oh, there, look, there's that box. Run them all in, right? But yesterday, yeah, for whatever reason, yesterday, I, I looked at it and actually thought about it. Like, those beans are, I know they, they have to be at least two years old, if mm. if not if not older. And, and who knows how old they were by the time I got them. Yeah, but waste not, want not. No. So I was I was really wanting to see what would uh, what would happen if, if I roasted these up and... and um, the results are pretty pleasing. I mean, it, it's I, not yeah, super duper like bean fresh. You can tell the difference, but the fact that you roasted it yesterday mm-hmm. still makes them uh, pretty good. And what's interesting is that unlike newer beans, this turned out to be rather balanced in yeah. its complexity. It is. Yeah. It, it, it's got, it's got a subtle acidity to it. Um, or, or maybe I should say a brightness, <laughs> a, a brightness to it that, uh, that is, I, I, I mean, I can't remember what these, what these tasted like when I first, when I first got them. And, <laughs> it was so long. And, yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it's so long ago, but, but it still, it still has that, that subtle, um, like ascorbic acid flavor for being a couple years old, probably, probably even close to two and a half. It's pretty good. I'm surprised. You just never know what you're going to get with a couple of beans. It's, you uh, you know, old, young, different little origin places, mm-hmm. different blends, roasted at different points. Yeah, and there there are people who actually age beans, like like in really a cellar. on purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the life cycle of um, I I was reading about wine and cigars. There's sort of a life cycle where you go for what is it? Uh, in the case of tobacco leaves for cigars, I read in a book that they can go pretty well for six to seven. Maybe no, maybe it was seven to twelve weeks. They can be pretty good mm-hmm. in terms of flavor profiles, but then beyond that twelfth week, after it was originally rolled, it gets into an, a period of sickness. And then, like three or four years later, uh, just by the way that the composition of the sugars break down and molecularly recomposite, like in different ways over time with aging, that's it restores the flavor profiles to mm. some new kind of glory that a lot of the tobacconists, the aficionados really enjoy and that they prefer over the young cigars. Uh, and really? I, I wonder, I wonder if there's anything, anyone who's dared to really scientifically study what you could do with beans over the long haul. I know the same is true of wine. Yeah. I would, I would guess that there, there probably is. There's, there's probably a, a technical paper, a scientific paper out there that that's, that's at least tried to explore it a little bit, but I'm not so sure about, about mm. cigars like you were talking about, but I, but I know it's a big, uh, it's a big hobby among pipe smokers is to is to seller pipe tobacco. There, there there's all sorts of pipe tobaccos that, that 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 come out seasonally. Like a a particular tobacco maker will make a Christmas blend, huh. but it's it's a little bit different every year. If people get it one year and they like it, they'll they'll buy a couple tins of it and put that and put that away for huh. years and they'll and they'll try it 
either they'll they'll just smoke it occasionally or they'll or they'll they'll put it away for years like like four or five years and see if it if it gets better if it gets worse you know keeping a journal and and those types of things but uh so we need to start aging some coffee beans and then we'll return to this subject in like 2025 and see how they're doing yeah i i would i i mean i think that would be an an interesting thing to do but right now i just don't have the space to to these these just happen to be out of the way and and it was a it was an accidental aging experiment but uh yeah i think that would be a really a really uh really interesting thing to do um because obviously once they're roasted you know as as we talked about before the life cycle the staleness clock short. begins and you, you know you don't want to age roasted beans when you just have the green beans there you know maybe you can uh try try roasting them when you first get them roast them a year later roast them a year and a half later two years later and just see what what uh what happens well we have a little bit of follow up to get to listener mark uh wrote in he said guys celestial seasonings doesn't make tea any more than your local acorn grinder makes coffee. Now, what he was talking about was a couple of weeks ago, we got off on the the rabbit trail of uh, Celestial Seasonings Coffee because I just returned home from Colorado on vacation. And I like to visit the Celestial Seasonings headquarters there. We talked about their, uh, their teas, their hot teas, their herbal infusions. And Mark was just uh, trying to add some clarification here. He said, they make herbal infusions, which our culture commonly but incorrectly calls teas. Talk to a true tea merchant if you are interested in the glorious profusion of true teas. Love your stuff, but this was an extended wince. (laughs) Thank you all very much for your discussion of ways to make coffee for a crowd. Really appreciate it. And yeah, I uh, I understand where Mark was coming from. I probably didn't do the best job of clarifying uh, clarifying what kind of product Celestial Seasoning makes. We just like eliciting any response from our listeners. Yeah, and the and more even mistakes, if it's, even if it's an extended wince, and the more mistakes welcome, we can make, the more likely we're going to hear from you. <laughs> That's right. The more, yeah, the more nasty emails we're going to get. Not that not that Mark's email was nasty, but but uh, maybe we should do something really special for April Fools next year. Hey. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about celestial seasonings being tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the truth is I followed up with Mark and said, you know, uh, you're right. Uh, they have a great deal of herbal infusions and what they call herbal supplements. It even says so on the box. Traditionally speaking, those celestial seasonings counts themselves as a tea company. And while I was going through their factory, I saw a wide array of different kinds of ingredients they use for all of their pro- uh, products. They got green, white, and black teas. And yes, they also have the herbs and fruity stuff as well. Right. And but they, they add a lot of clarity. If you go onto their website, you can see how they break it all down into categories. They have the herbal infusion section. They also have the green tea section. And if you check the boxes out, you know they identify themselves as true teas. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, tea it's, sense. It's the same. It's the same argument that that I would, in some sense, make about flavored coffee. You know, flavored coffee isn't real coffee. Well, it, it is. I mean, it it starts with real coffee, probably a a lower grade coffee, and then and then adds some sort of 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 oil flavoring to it. It infuses flavor that would never be found in a coffee bean naturally into the uh, into the product. I mean, so that that floats some people's boat. It doesn't. I don't. I don't like flavored coffees. One because I don't. I don't want those flavors in my coffee. And two because it destroys any any kind of coffee maker you have. Those oils just cling to the side, and they're 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 forever present. Um, I think that some people could even go so far as to say espresso is not coffee. Depends on what your definition of the terms are. Well, where you're coming yeah, from. it actually it actually isn't. It, it, it's a completely separate beverage. Um, mm. it, it, I mean, it does use it does use coffee beans, 
obviously. Yeah. For its for and, its and um, from the ca- from the espresso, you can make a cafe americano. But even what an americano is around the world varies. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. It's it's all. Um, you just have to define your terms along the way. Yeah, and and this is one of the things that 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 we're that we're really trying to do with this show is to not not be any type of exclusive club or anything like that. It, it's if 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 flavored coffees is your thing, okay. Who, you know, who are we to say that 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 you're not drinking coffee? Um, we don't. We don't suggest it. We don't recommend it. But if you like flavored coffee, okay, that's that's fine. If you like milk and cream or, well, or sugar like, and cream. It's... A better, maybe a better example is just like most any of those hoity-toity beverages you see on the Starbucks menu. The, the mochas, the cappuccinos, those have coffee in right. them. Uh, even if that's it's, just, it's actually, coffee for people who don't like coffee. Exactly. Like they, they'll go, they'll say, I get my Starbucks coffee every day. And uh, you'll hear that from your mom, from your aunt, from your cousin. You'll hear that from everybody in the office. Right. You'll see them come in with a, a Starbucks paper cup every day. And then you bother to ask them someday, so what do you drink? And they'll tell you, well, I always get a white chocolate mocha with raspberry. And it's like, you call that coffee? No, that's, that's not coffee. That's a, that's a hot beverage. Hey, tell and- me what you drink in one word. <laughs> and you can't. It's a skinny latte with a shot of hazel. You know, I mean, it's you know a, what I have? I have water with lots of additives. Yeah, I, I have coffee. I just, I just, I just go in and order a coffee. I, I have water with a little coffee on the side. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Mark. I mean, we're in in one sense we we agree with you. In another sense, it's there's a big there's a big market out there, and celestial seasonings is obviously recognizing the fact that not everybody likes tea with a capital T tea, and so people like herbal infusions and and. You drink it before you go to bed. You know, it, it makes your throat feel nice when when, when it well and when like it hurts. And when we looked up the definitions, we also found that the ninth one listed in, in the American English something rather dictionary was British high tea. Yeah. You know, so yeah, for a lot of people, event. if you say, "Hey, would you like tea?" They're thinking of British high tea. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about your southern cold, uh, ice cold sweet tea right. at all. Like that, that's not tea. That's butchered. But stuff. yeah, but but then to Mark's point, I mean, if you if you were if you, you were could, being you served could, British yeah. high tea, you probably wouldn't be getting a a raspberry infusion from Celestial Seasonings. You'd probably be getting some sort of black tea and an English breakfast, you know, an Earl Grey type type tea. Mm. I, I I agree with everyone. Yeah, Mark has a point. We have a point. That's right. We just we just love everyone. Can't can't we all just get along, Joe? See, you were supposed to disagree with me so that one we'd get more feedback. We would get some other complaint. Oh, yeah. I don't like flavored coffee. Gotcha. Well, that's going to wrap it up for follow-up this week. Thank you very much, listener Mark. We have the discussion of decaffeinated coffee on the table this week. Believe it or not, this is episode 28. And I'm so I'm so pleased with ourselves, Eric. We've mentioned a great number of things on our show, and I frequently say something to this effect. We haven't taken the time to actually just explore X. We've mm-hmm. mentioned it in passing, but we haven't talked about it at full speed ahead, you know? Right. That's happened to decaffeinated coffee. It could be that's just because it's not something I drink very often. Either of us. Yeah. It's it's not it's not part of our daily drinking habit or or, or, or even even something that, that I roast very often. We do we do roast decaf coffee, but it's in very uh, low demand. Now there's a there, there there's a very vocal group of people that, that need that I mean, like medically need decaf because their their doctor says they can't drink caffeine. Well, they, they definitely want coffee in their drinking diet. Right, right. And so then the doctor says you have to have decaf. Yeah, they want the old trend. You know, they want to be able to have coffee, but then but then they have to be able to please their doctor. And 
and their and their heart too, and and not and not have the caffeine. So, so do um, you ever have ca- a decaffeinated coffee on purpose? Do you have? I mean, like throughout the year, do you find yourself having it? If you were filling out a questionnaire, like there's very often, there's weekly, there's you yeah, know, it's, I've never, never. Um, I don't wow. think so. I mean, I mean, I, I would never order it on purpose because it, it, caffeine doesn't really. And the reason me. the reason that surprises me is that you actually have coffee routinely right after supper or with supper, right? Yeah, and, and, and then so I would think that as someone who drinks coffee that late in the day, you would lean towards decaffeinated mm-hmm. coffee. Sometimes, no, because I can I can drink a cup of coffee and 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 go to bed pretty quickly afterward. It's not it doesn't it it, it doesn't make my heart race and and like like some people it doesn't it doesn't seem or at least I don't think it seems to affect me like it. Like it does other people. It doesn't so. affect your drowsiness. Huh. No. Um, so I don't really have any need to drink decaf. And now, now I, I will drink it because like I said, we do roast it. I'll do tastings of the, of the decaf that I roast just to make sure that it's, it's, it's where it should be. But um, as far as consciously ordering a, a, a decaf, I mean, I may have done it five times in my life. Really? Yeah. It's, it's just not. But it's how many something. times did you say that you've been served decaffeinated coffee? Did you have it more often when somebody else was making the choices for you? Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, we've been over to people's houses that, that for whatever reason, don't drink caffeine. They're and they, conscientious about it. And they have decaffeinated. It. And I mean, I'll drink it. But but there's just, there always seems to be something not quite right. Hmm. It's not... Well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. I want to talk about why why we don't. We've identified that that you don't. Yeah. But uh, first, I wanted to say thanks again to our continuing sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. I can't tell you enough of how much I love these guys. I have a regular subscription I placed at thrashercoffee.com where I could choose between one, two, or three pounds of coffee for delivery every two or four weeks. And when my order is processed, they roast it to order and get it in the mail the same day. I always have a fresh bag of whole bean coffee, craft coffee, within 48 hours of roasting. And one of the real treats for me is the occasional project I have working with Thrasher. You might have heard that I'm a graphic designer by day, and once upon a time, I created Thrasher's logo. And in recent times, I've designed new coffee bags for Thrasher Coffee, a complete overhaul of coffee packaging for them. And in the design phase, I got to learn about a few new roasts that have been they've been refining and perfecting at the roaster for months now, about ready for their public debut. Uh, and Eric could probably tell you more, but we're going to keep that on the down low until they're officially released. Uh, I think you're really going to like them. Eric and the guys haven't made a coffee yet that, that I didn't like. So I'm sure that with every cup of Thrasher coffee that you brew, you're going to love it too. You can order whole bean Thrasher coffee by the pound or join a subscription and have it sent to you automatically. If you would like to switch your roasts on your subscription from time to time and try different things, you can always log into your account and change it up. And Top Brew listeners will get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout. All that one word. Thrasher Coffee Roast responsibly harvested beans and supply premium, fresh, small batch coffee to discerning coffee drinkers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew, which is our podcast and the website. So back to where we left off. Eric, why don't you drink coffee? Sorry, why don't you drink decaf coffee? You've identified that it doesn't affect your sleep, yeah. But there's more to it than that. Oh, you're talking about the flavor, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It. I can't quite put my finger on it. It just doesn't. Me neither. It, it doesn't. That's the, it, it just doesn't have the the same 
I think it doesn't seem to be as fresh. It seems like it's just older. There could be something to that because of the because of the process that it has to go through to be to be decaffeinated. It may, in a sense, artificially age the coffee with these processes that they these chemical and these water processes. Well, yeah, you're that changing they go the through. molecular level Correct. of every coffee bean in the yeah. bag. Yeah, it, it, you, it may you grow, give it the appearance of age almost. Yeah, you, you grow the bean to perfection. You you roast some of it and try it, and you identify its profile. You get your cupping notes on. You 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 identify that this is an excellent, exquisite coffee roast, and it has a lot to do with how, where it was grown, what the what's in the soil, the weather pattern that affected the the coffee plants well, as they it, were growing. I don't think they're also not going to use the exquisite top of the line bean. To turn into decaf because that, that's up for debate. Some of them are trying their hardest to use the best because they are trying to well, make. Well, but they're the going to sell decaf. those as 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 caffeinated beans. If it's true, if, if it's if it's general, that good when you cup the time. it right away, then you're going to want to sell it in that state. You're not going to want to sell it in in some arbitrary um, never never land of what's right. this going to taste like after we send it through the through the decaffeinating process. And in my research, I found that it's less than fifteen percent of people, coffee drinkers around the world, that want the decaf coffee. It varies from year to year and concern to concern in country, but it's like never been more than fifteen percent. Yeah, half calf was a was a bit of a, a yeah, bit of a craze was, there for a while, but that seems to have kind of dwindled away. I I was into the the half calf coffee right up to the moment that I started getting craft coffee on a regular basis. Right. That was what I would have, but I, I think I think the reason why it it dwindled away is that is that the idea of half the amount of caffeine in my cup is is attractive, but then what's happening is you're you're obviously mixing half decaffeinated beans with with caffeinated beans, and you're getting some taste hybrid that that isn't particularly isn't particularly pleasing, you know, because because you do have to mix these these decaffeinated beans in with it, so you're 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 getting this 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 cup that is just kind of uh, just kind of blah. It's not. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just, it just is. Yeah. I wouldn't exactly call it stale. I, I think it deadens the flavors that are more interesting to me. The, yeah, one of mutes, the reasons. It mutes any kind of, any kind of unique flavors that, that may have been in there. Mm-hmm. The process seems to, to mute it. A, well, it's, it's artificial processing. It's, it's like the difference between a Hershey bar and Lindt chocolate and then something made from the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory you're going to notice different degrees of like their processing and the factory plant versus what they make right there in the kitchen in the chocolate right. shop. The results are going to be more natural processing rather than a recipe that re- revolves around a lot of artificial processing. Right. Well, the, talk about that. Talk about the processing. Okay. Yeah. So th- there's four methods of decaffeination. And I found this pretty good article on the, the Atlantic published in 2009 by, and it was written by Jerry Baldwin. And he did a good job of breaking this down. So here's just a, a little bit of how he described it. There are four main methods of decaffeination in wide use today, each named for the solvent used. Now, keep in mind, because this was from 2009, a little bit about the uh, how this is used has changed. But these are still the four essential types of decaffeination that are around today. And and and, and none of them, when you, when you look at their names, none of them sound attractive. <laughs> no, no. I've talked to friends who are like, do you realize that the, the chemicals used to make decaffeinated coffee is the same stuff that's in like antifreeze? And I'm like, goodness, <laughs> oh, are you serious? That's great to know. Yeah. So here's what we have. Here, here we go. First one, dihydroxide, aka water. That's the first one. 
And so that that's the one that's primarily used for Swiss water processing, which we'll get to in a minute. Which is why they call it Swiss water processing rather than (laughs) dihydroxide. Yes. (laughs) And then we have ethyl acetate. Ethyl acetate. Mm. Ouch. That sounds like something in your grandma's dentures. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Or something you put in your car. Then we have supercritical CO2. Ouch. That that sounds painful. Supercritical CO2? Mm-hmm. That's in the article. <laughs> then we have the last one, methylene chloride. Uh, isn't, isn't that what Walter White used to, to make meth? I, I, hmm, breaking bad coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the term though, methylene chloride is different in Europe. It's, it's dichloromethane in Europe. Hmm. Dichloromethane. Sounds a little bit better. For decades, we have preferred coffees decaffeinated with methylene chloride, MC, as, as it's often referred to. Because time after time, year after year, they have produced the most flavorful cups of coffee in the end result. The method is simple enough. First, steam swells the beans to make it easier for the caffeine to be removed. The solvent is then circulated through the beans and then into distillation to remove the caffeine and wax that have been removed from the beans. Wax removed from the beans. They didn't explain when the wax got there in the first place, but I'd imagine it's it's a derivative of what's in the the solvent and the the coffee together that produces a filmy wax. Yeah, that 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 could be the combination of of what the of what the chemicals draw out of the bean because because there are and the there steam. are trace amounts of fat within within a coffee bean, hmm. so that that may that may be the the wax that they're talking about. Well, fat makes everything right. Oh yeah, that's yeah. why we that's why we keep it in our coffee. And in fact, we should add it. <laughs> butter coffee. The cleansed solvent is recirculated and redistilled until the caffeine has been removed. The beans are then rinsed with water and vacuum dried. The most sensitive test for detecting residual MC detects as little as one part per million. I have never seen a test result that detects any amount of uh, decaffeine specialty coffee. Furthermore, the boiling point of the solvent is 104 degrees Fahrenheit, and coffee is roasted at 375 to 425 degrees Fahrenheit. Any remaining solvent, if there were any, would be vaporized during roasting. MC has been eliminated from cosmetics and has stringent worker safety regulations in Europe, but the procedure used in coffee processing and roasting leave nothing to cause any concern. Now, yeah. This is just word for word verbatim from what right. Jerry wrote, and and all, of, uh, especially the part about roasting, it is true. I mean, anything that that's that's, and I think any that that's probably is, the solvent that has some relationship to antifreeze. Well, they're yeah, they're saying that that this chemical that we use to take the to take the caffeine out, don't worry, it's, it's not going to get into your system because because the roasting process is going to take it out, and that's true. When you take these things up to four hundred degrees plus, I, I mean, there's there's. Oh yeah, Any, a lot of stuff is going to vaporize. Has, has been has has went out the stack. But what do those chemicals do to the flavor? And that's that's ultimately, I think, what the yeah. They well, may that not is be, why they prefer the methyl the methylene chloride because it it ultimately leaves the the best profile compared to the other solutions. Right, compared to what though? Compared to to these other decaffeinated processes, or what it actually tasted like before you even ran it through that process? <laughs> yeah, right. So next we have ethyl acetate and carbon dioxide. So it says here, neither ethyl acetate or carbon dioxide has consistently produced satisfying flavor in a cup. Ethyl acetate, a synthetic fruit ester, leaves a fruity aftertaste in the coffee. Unfortunately, nothing like the berry and citrus flavors we find in East African coffees. And we had high hopes for the CO2 process in the early 90s. 
Carbon dioxide is the combina- carbonation sorry, in sparkling water, but it is forced into the coffee at pressures well in excess of 1,000 pounds per square inch to extract the caffeine. Mm. Perhaps it's the pressure that also forces out all of the coffee's flavor. <laughs> Um, that, that, that is an intriguing idea, but oh, well, maybe they're going to turn the coffee beans into diamonds. I mean, just uh, under enough pounds of pressure. Yeah. If I could, if I could roast decaf coffee and get diamonds out, I'd I'd be doing that all day. Screw roasting. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm exclusively a decaf roaster. The, The last method to discuss is dihydrooxide, water. At one time, water process was the most damaging to coffee flavor. That general statement is no longer true due to improvements in the processing by some companies. Although some water process decaf has flavor approaching methylene chloride and a relatively new North American company is making great strides in cup quality, further development will be required before it can be methylene chloride's equal. In general, the process uses water as the solvent, supersaturated with soluble solids from green coffee beans except caffeine. The idea is that when the warm solvent is circulated through the coffee, it will extract only caffeine, which in turn is removed from the circulating fluid with activated carbon. It's a thesis that in practice has not produced great cups of decaf. The old standby water decaffeination company, Swiss Water, which is the only attempt to brand this process, of Vancouver, Canada, is doing all the advertising while others are improving their process. We prefer the cup quality of other companies, and I deplore the marketing tactics of Swiss water. So there you have it. Um, Swiss water is what we often call it, but that's actually the branding of a company based out of Vancouver. Right. And really, it's just uh, dihydrooxide, and that's the process that everybody is leaning towards these days, because I, I hear more and more about the Swiss water processing, don't you? Well, it, it because it... Because it sounds much better. It sounds organic. If you're going to say water processing as opposed to chemical processing, when when after all, water is a chemical. You know, when you want to, if you want to get down to it, I mean, that's what that's what dihydrooxide is. I mean, that's that's water's chemical name, right? Its scientific name. Hmm. So it's still a chemical process, but water sounds much more um, pleasing and 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 much much healthier than chemical processing, regardless of of what chemical it is. Methylene, ethyl, carbon dioxide, you know, you know, whatever, whatever chemical you want to call it. If, if you set two cups of coffee side by side and you said this was water processed and this was chemical processed, which would you prefer? Uh, I think I'll take the water. This was processed with Coca-Cola and this was processed with freshly melted glacier right. stuff. Yeah. And that's actually one of the marketing tactics I've heard around here is that the latest one is we used uh, mountain spring water for our Swiss water processing. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, and that, and that's a whole nother layer part of hoity-toitiness. Of, well, n- not just that, but it's, a, it's another part of what I have to do as the roaster is because, because these beans naturally, because of the way they're processed, they have more water in them. They have more humidity in them. So I have to, I have to ramp them up a little bit, a little bit slower during the drying process because they're gonna they're gonna be water heavy, as a, as opposed to a a bean that was never that was never given this kind of process that mm. was that was just that was just picked and dried and and you know, run through the um, the natural processing or washed or or whatever and and put in a bag and and sent to me. This is a, a whole another process that it has to go through that introduces new things into the bean that is going to affect the way they're roasted. Well, so the thing is, is that the craft coffee. What did I just say? I'm not from Boston. The craft coffee culture is still evolving. There are still people who are trying to develop coffee roasting tournaments where, you know, you, you brew up the best decaf coffee, win an award, a cash prize, and you've saved the world some caffeine headaches. Mm-hmm. 
but it's nobody's really stumbled upon the perfect results. So it's something still hotly debated. And yes, there are the people that got to live by their decaf coffee. And I respect them for that. You know, a lot of people came off of something like electric drip coffee, and then the doctor tells them they have to drink decaf coffee. And the end result is not all that terribly different from what they were used to in the first place. Right. You know, my, my parents, they have drank essentially Maxwell House for the last, oh, three, four decades. Mm-hmm. And then Starbucks comes around and they feel like they're getting specialty coffee out of a Starbucks cup. So all these years they go through the drive-thru at Starbucks, that was their specialty craft coffee as right. far as they were concerned. Then my dad, because of his own health issues, he was one of those that doing some study decided he needed to, uh, to back off of the caffeine and just retreat to the decaf coffee. And even then, he will say how he's getting the jitters, the headaches, and other disturbing side effects from the caffeine, even from the decaf he keeps at home. Yeah, because there is there is still a trace amount of the caffeine in there. There's, mm-hmm. you can and never, it varies wildly how right. much of that is left in. You can never extract all of it out of that. There's still... Generally, I think the accepted percentage is anywhere between 1% to 3% of caffeine is yes. still left in there. Yes. And that's been true for many years. Mm-hmm. So last question, Eric. Would you drink more coffee if you were satisfied with the results of decaf coffee? If the taste was consistent with regular coffee, could you see yourself just drinking more because you enjoy the beverage? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I'm not... I'm not anti-caffeine by any by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I would I would definitely agree that that if I could if I could get less caffeine in my body on a regular basis, but still have the same experience that I get from a caffeinated cup, that would be something I would do. And the reason I raise that question is because I think that that's the holy grail. That's the benefit I can see in having decaf coffee down the road that is equal to regular specialty craft coffee. Because if it can get to that point, which I, I kind of doubt it'll happen, but if it gets to that point, then that would be pretty awesome. I would well, end up they, drinking more coffee. And and they they do these, what I think are completely misguided experiments by giving people a cup of caffeinated and giving people a cup of, of decaffeinated, having them taste both of them. And then they say, did you know one of those was decaffeinated? Well, no, actually I didn't because you can get pretty mediocre caffeinated coffee, right? And you just think that that's, that's how the coffee tastes. You don't, right. you don't attribute if, that to some sort of process. You attribute that to the fact that this is just a mediocre cup of coffee. It's a huge rage, even within caffeinated coffee. You've got, you've got, you've got coffee that is superior all the way down to coffee that is, that is, that is completely terrible. Right. We're not saying that the regular coffee is inherently superior. We're right. just saying that from what we notice in the flavor profile, we prefer the regular coffee beans. Something happens during that decaffeination process that, that takes something that was probably probably good and takes it to something that's not quite as good. Yeah. Think about like a really good juicy, fresh steak. Take this, this, this great cut of beef that you have, okay? And, and you're going you're gonna to cut that into all sorts of different cuts. Um, so you're gonna you're you're gonna make you can make great ground beef with it. You can make great um you can make a, a great steak for the grill. You can make um a great roast or whatever else. You know w- with this with this one cut of meat. Now take that cut of meat and submerge it in brine, salt water, or or you know something else, and then and then cook it. Well, I mean it it may be it may be okay, but it's still it's still lost something. It's still it's still not as good as it, as it, as it could have been. And that process does something to the flavor. It's not like taking the caffeine out somehow influences the flavor all that much, but the process itself does. Well, I think this is going to wrap it up for this episode, right, Eric? 
I think we covered decaf pretty well. Ideally, what I would like to, I'd like to hear from the listeners and see what, see if, if decaffeinated coffee is part of any of their daily routines, why, and have they noticed the same thing? Well, something we've noticed over time is that the majority of the vocal top brew listeners are your regular coffee drinkers. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily into the craft coffee for that culture itself. They would like to have an excellent cup of coffee every day of the week, but they're not going to be so fiddly that they learn whether or not it's bright, juicy, or round. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to stick to what suits their tastes and keep it regular. Yeah. I, I personally never had a cup of decaffeinated that I knowingly, or that, that I knew was decaffeinated, that I would have said, wow. <laughs> that was amazing. You know, it, me neither. There, but I've never had one that, that was that I that I was going to spit out. You know, right. it was it was just it was just eh, okay. It was all right. So, as a regular coffee drinker, any of our listeners, let us know what your thoughts are about decaffeinated coffee or other. And if you're interested in the craft culture as well, let us know too. And just like to tell us who you are, like where you approach this. If you would consider yourself a, a coffee enthusiast or just a regular coffee drinker so we can have a better appreciation of your scope and what your tastes are inclined towards. Talk to us, people. So I hope you have enjoyed this episode, episode 28 of Top Brew. If you want to follow our shout-outs online, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at FM. You can also find us on facebook.com slash FM. If you're interested in reading some coffee tips and interviews by coffee specialists and enthusiasts and the like, uh, visit topbrew.fm. We have articles there. And uh, we would love to hear what you think of this show with a star rating and a review of the podcast on iTunes. If you would just take a few minutes, look us up there, give us one click to leave a star rating, we would be highly honored. And ratings really help others discover the show, so your feedback is always welcome. It is most especially helpful on days that the podcast goes out. So if you see that this is new in your podcast subscriptions feed, Go on over there and leave one for us, and you'll just be my favorite listener for the next hour. And I want to remind you that this episode's sponsor is Thrasher Coffee. They really deliver on their promise to serve freshly roasted coffee to your doorstep. So use coupon code TOPBREW, all one word, to save 25% on your order and to keep Top Brew going. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening.